I would venture to guess probably you know between three and say five percent of security budgets go toward the human part of the equation. I, I think that needs to change. I think the future is in custom tailoring the security experience for every individual. That's George Finney, Chief Security Officer at Southern Methodist University, talking about how we as an industry underplay the role of humans in our cybersecurity practices. George is a luminary in the local Dallas-Fort Worth security community, but his reputation is much bigger than that. He gives keynote speeches at various security events, and he has also written a book called Well Aware, a book specifically aimed at creating good cybersecurity habits in all of us. George and I are having a fantastic conversation about not just these subjects, but also about what can be improved in security awareness training, what the future looks like, and how we can come together as a team to tackle the toughest security challenges. In fact, George has a brilliant and fun metaphor for that last bit. George, thank you so much for coming on down to the ranch. Alan, it's so cool to be here. I feel like uh, we're, we're about to ride some horses or something. Welcome to the Cyber Ranch Podcast, recorded under the big blue skies of Texas, where one CISO explores the cybersecurity landscape with the help of friends and experts. Here's your host, Alan Alford. So tell us a little bit briefly about your background in cyber and a little bit about your day job. I was actually a liberal arts major in college. So I, you know, translated, you know, ancient Greek texts and, you know, learned calculus by studying Einstein. So I got my start in technology and went with a couple of startups and I had this great idea to go into law school. <laughs> SMU, this opportunity came up to work in their IT department while I went to school at night. I thought I was going to go be a patent lawyer or something. And as it turns out, I was doing security this whole time, and my boss, the CIO, said, "Hey, you know what? Stick around. Uh, we, you know, we need to, to to really establish our cybersecurity program and and have that be its own group. Do Do you think you want to be interested?" And and I thought I could go be a lawyer and work a hundred hours a week and not get any vacation for the next two or three years. Uh, or you know, I could do the cyber thing. That's really interesting, and I and I, I love it. It's always something new every day, uh, and that interesting side of regulations and compliance and contracts and policy just kind of naturally kind of aligned with all of the technical stuff that I'd been doing over the years. So now that I'm a CISO, operationally focused, not be making firewall rule changes anymore, but really thinking about holistically, how do we make our program successful? Building relationships is where I've fallen into on that. So whether it's legal or risk management or CFO or you know internal audit uh, or IT, all of those things I think go into making us successful in security. And we've got a great team that, that's highly technical, but you need, I think, both sides of the equation. Full agreement there. And just for the record for our listeners, I too have a liberal arts degree. My undergrad was in uh, liberal arts with a focus on leadership. Wow. Okay, cool. I didn't go technical till my master's. So yeah, I've got an undergrad in liberal arts as well. And I'm with you that it does take all kinds. I'm a big believer in that balance between the operational arm, the engineers and architects meets GRC meets uh, evangelism and business relationships and all the skills that almost go along with a classic sort of MBA background, which I don't, I don't have that one either, but you know, hey, I can fake that too. So you've got this very human component to what you do. You've got that liberal arts background. And I think that that kind of leads us into a little bit about your stuff. And, and I wanted to mention to our listeners too, George has written a recent book called Well Aware, uh, Master the Nine Cybersecurity Habits to Protect Your Future. I have a signed copy sitting here on my desk as we speak. I've already started reading it. I've got friends who've read it and recommended it. So check out George's book for sure. 
he takes a very human approach in the book, and I think that's what we're going to explore here in this conversation. So you said before, George, that you don't think people are the weakest link in security. And I hear this phrase all the time, people are the weakest link, people are the weakest link. And, and I, for me personally, I feel like it's one of these things where I think people can reveal your weakest links. I think people are definitely the, uh, you know, the hound dogs that are going to find the trail if there is a trail to be found. And I also think that they're potentially our strongest allies, right? I would rather have the yeah, people yeah, on my side yeah. than the machines on my side any day of the week. So that's my take. Now, what do you think in response to that? Are they the weakest link in security? I think you've got a very unique answer on this one. I like to flip the saying, and I, I think people are the only link in security. So, you know, we talk in security about how, you know, it's people, processes, and technology, right? And we're kind of myopically focused on technology as the answer to all of our problems, just taking a step back for a second, right? What happens when you try to make something foolproof, right? That's what we're doing in security. We're trying to, to get all of the people out of the equation, and we're not having success, just like, you know, any crazy criminal story where they're trying to break out of jail, like, you know, it's a foolproof plan. It's never going to work. I, what I say is actually, it's not people processes and technology, like like they're equal parts of, of, of the pie. It's actually, the pie is, is, is people, like Soylent Green, right? Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, so, so people are the ones that make the technology. They configure the technology. They use the technology. People are the ones that create the processes and, and follow the, the processes or not. So really, you know, you've got a people pie with technology and processes sprinkled in. I think my concern with, with people are the weakest link as our default, like saying in, in cybersecurity is that for the book, uh, well aware, it took about three years to write. And I, mostly it took that long because I, I spent a lot of time researching psychology and neuroscience. And uh, I came across this. Uh, this effect, right? Going back to my liberal arts background, right? I, I, I want to marry like all of the disciplines together and, and learn from from everything. But there's this effect called the Jacobson effect or, or uh, Pygmalion effect, right? And the, the idea was there's this elementary school teacher in California back in the 1960s who partnered with a psychologist to, to do this study. But the idea was, you know, if you believe things, they become true. Um, so they, they told these teachers that at the beginning of the year, their worst students were actually their best students and vice versa. And then at the end of the year, they actually tested the students again. The worst performing students at the beginning of the year that the teachers actually believed were, were the best actually learned more. They, they learned faster and got better grades than the students who the teachers believe were the worst students, but actually were the best at the beginning of the year, right? So what does that mean for security if we believe um, that people are the weakest link, right? What, what are we setting up to happen, right? All of the things that we ought to be doing, or if we believe that people could be our biggest success factor, we're not engaging in those opportunities. We're, we're not building people up to actually have success. And I think that's a huge risk. So if, if instead we think of people as the only link in security, they're the only choice we have. Oh my gosh, we've got to double down and invest in them and do everything we can to help prepare them for the challenges we know we're going to face. Your book talks about habits, and I think we're getting into this now. You talk about the nine habits and security awareness training. How does it relate to those habits, right? If people are the only link, then security awareness becomes the crux of it, right? So how does that tie into the habits and what is the emphasis on security awareness that we need to focus on? I focus on habits because in, in my research, I found that 50% of all human behaviors are based in habits. So, oh my gosh, if we're going to have success, we definitely need to focus on uh, the things we do every day, the, the repeat behaviors that, that we almost don't even think about. We're just cruising through email as fast as we can. We know we've got a, a meeting to go to or a deadline coming up. All of those distractions really chase our focus away. 
And so if we can train ourselves to do those habits, right, that's the other part of security that's so hard. People feel like it's scary or that it's going to be a lot of work. Um, you know, tricking yourself into changing your behavior through habits makes those things easy, right? You don't think about them anymore. They're just something that, that you do naturally. That's really going to have the biggest bang for our buck, so to speak, is really essentially hacking our brains uh, through this thing called the habit loop that uh, lots of other writers have written about. So if habits are what we need to reprogram, if habits are what get us into the bad place, if conscious habits are what get us into the good place, which habit should I focus on first? This is the number one question that I always get when, when I talk about the book, right? So initially when I was when I was first starting the book out, like I was really inspired by Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And so I was calling it like, you know, the, the Nine Habits of Highly Effective Cybersecurity People or something like that. And of course, we knew we'd get sued uh, if, if we used that as the title. So we went with Well Aware. But the idea isn't that there's one habit that you should focus on. You know, specifically, right? You know, so it's not like you start with literacy and move on to skepticism and vigilance and secrecy and culture. What I actually recommend people do is, so I've got a free cybersecurity personality test that goes along with the book. So you, you can go to my website, wellawaresecurity.com and take the free cybersecurity personality test. What the personality test does is it helps identify your biggest internal cybersecurity strength and your biggest external cybersecurity strength. So I should stop here and say uh, what the habits are, right? So um, yep. the, the the habits are uh, uh, literacy, skepticism, vigilance, secrecy. Those are the first four. Those, those are all internal habits uh, to, to yourself. They're things that you do on your own by yourself. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the final five habits are uh, culture, diligence, community, mirroring, and deception. All of those habits involve other people. What I do is I help you find your biggest internal strength and your biggest external cybersecurity strength. And those are what make you unique. So I've worked with, you know, leadership coaches or executive coaches throughout my career. And the really good ones, you know, they, they don't tell you, hey, you know, here's how to fix all of your weaknesses as, as a leader, right? The good ones are like, dude, we need to focus on what makes you special, right? That's that's why this organization brought you in to do whatever it is you, you need to do. Let's focus on that. And I think just starting with those two habits, again, we want to make it super simple. We, we want to get rid of all the obstacles. And, you know, nine habits kind of feels like a, a big uh, hurdle to accomplish, right? So, no, get, let, let's just focus on two. Let's find things that you already value, that, that you like doing, that you believe in. So let's start out by modifying those habits. Let's get you familiar with the habit loop. Uh, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, in a second. And okay, now that you've established that, now that you're building momentum, you start to build your identity as a cybersecurity person. So there are 20 different personality types in, in the personality test that you could get. But whatever your personality type is, I, I want you to believe that you're the kind of person that can have an impact on security. And from there, you start to, to build your habits. And yeah, maybe you'll start to find other habits outside of your, your strengths that you want to work on. But you also have a team around you. So if everyone in your team takes the test, you can see where, where their strengths are, where you are, and what your mission ought to be, right? So if you're in SecOps, probably you want to have a team that's very focused on vigilance. Or maybe, you know, your team needs more of a balanced approach or uh, you need to be more skeptical for uh, if you're in, I don't know, accounts payable or, or HR and you're doing background checks. Whatever role you have in an organization, you don't have to be on the security team or even in IT to develop that identity as, as, as someone who can have an impact in security. 
Let's pause right there and hear a very brief word from our sponsor. The complexity of cloud infrastructure means every organization's security challenges are unique. Whether your challenge is threat hunting, policy management, cloud workload protection, or all of the above, Uptix helps you quickly identify and eliminate observability gaps in your security program. That's Uptix. Analytics for the modern attack surface, observability for the modern defender. Check out Uptix by visiting uptix.com. That's U-P-T-Y-C-S dot com. Thank you, Uptix, for sponsoring this episode. You know, I just had a conversation earlier today with a friend about the, um, you know, we were talking about Myers-Briggs versus uh, DISC versus uh, Clifton Finder, And the big difference between the first two and the latter is that the latter, just to your point, focuses on, hey, let's focus on what you're already good at. Let's focus on where your native place is and let's emphasize that and work with that and find ways to align with that instead of trying to say, let's shore up your weaknesses. Let's hone in and leverage your strengths, right? And so I think it's that same sort of paradigm there. That's exactly right. And I, I think the other question I always get is, which is the most important of all of the nine habits? And I think it's it's definitely community. So I autographed your book and I wrote, you know, securities in your DNA. Yeah. But I mean, really, that's something I really believe. As a social animal, we came together in a community for mutual protection, right? That's right. the whole reason for, for this crazy thing we call civilization. We've evolved to reinforce that. Everybody wants to play a role in security. That's why things like see something, say something work so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we can come together and, and, and form a team that values security, man, I, I think we're going to have so much more success than, than we've had in the past. I love that. And yes, I think community is better than getting eaten by the tigers. Um, <laughs> full agreement there. And I say that laughingly, but I mean that truly in the, in the sense of community as well. One of the whole reasons I have this podcast is I want the entire cybersecurity community to know that we are a community, to hear the voices of the community, and to hear people that that speak about community. The whole idea that we're going to share our ideas with each other anyway and not be so secretive, you know, intrinsically, I think part of the problem in our community is, by definition, we are secret keepers. And I think it's difficult for some of us to, um, you know, to, to, to breach the conversation in the first place and to be able to say, hey, I'm having a security challenge. Have you ever faced this challenge? Help me with this challenge. The things that we normally do in a, in a traditional community, we don't always do in the cyber community. And I, it's one of my missions is to overcome that problem right there. It's really true. I mean, I also have started a cybersecurity podcast, you know, the Well Aware Security Show. And we have these awesome conversations as CISOs amongst each other, or just e- even in general in security. But you know, we, we put walls up around it, right? We don't mm-hmm. want to have those meetings recorded or round tables or whatever, because we want to play our cards close to the vest. We want to keep our secrets. And uh, e- even for the book, I interviewed hundreds of security leaders or uh, CEOs, or, and a lot of them, I, I couldn't use their interview notes, right? I couldn't, you know, quote them because they had NDAs in place for previous jobs, or we'd talk to their public affairs group. And they're like, no, oh, you can use the person, but don't use the name of our company. Or right. no, we don't, we're not, we don't feel comfortable because we maybe feel like we're putting a target on our back. And, right, right. Um, I, you know, I totally understand all of that, but, you know, how do we get better? How do we, how does the next generation of security professionals uh, you know, not have to reinvent the wheel every time. We've got to build a community. We absolutely have to. It's so critical. I'm going to switch the conversation and go back a little bit to the security awareness piece we talked about, that if users are the only link, and I'm, I'm going to roll with your hypothesis here, users are the only link, that it's way more people than it is process and technology. It's a people pie with a sprinkling of the other two. I'm going with this metaphor. Security awareness training, to me, there's two modes of it. 
there's the old mode and there's the new mode. And the old mode was the annual big, giant, boring, long training that you were forced to sit down for an hour and click through and click through and click through. And everybody pretty much figured out exactly. You're either, you're, you're either wanting to just take your own life by the time it's over or you figured out some way to cheat. And even the systems yeah, that are yeah. designed so that you can't click through, click through, you have to go through the thing and you can't just blow it off or whatever. I mean, there's some workaround. There's some hack on every one of these systems I've seen. I remember one where I would just literally click as rapidly as possible, and then I'd get to the quiz, and I would just use common sense, and I'd get through it. Sometimes I had to go back and repeat one loop. But you know what? I could blaze the hour-long training in 15 minutes if I was good. You know, so so if that's if that's your target, that's your target. And then there's the new model where everybody makes the training shorter, more entertaining. There's humor. There's comedians. There's actors. There's all kinds of approaches I've seen. But the thing that gets me is that old model I haven't seen in the marketplace in a, quite a long time now. And yet the vendors that sell the new model are now the model, but still touting themselves as the new model. In other words, I always hear like, oh, we're, we're not the usual boring training. I don't know that the usual boring training exists anywhere other than internal practice, right? Everything I just described about the hour long, whatever, was when the training was developed in-house. If you go with a vendor these days, it seems like they all say they're the new thing, but they're all the same thing. And I'm wondering, is there a real new is there something coming that we don't know about? And I'm thinking specifically, I'm, and a full disclaimer, I'm on their advisory board, uh, but there's a security awareness firm based out of Austin who has done something really clever, which is to integrate the inputs from the tech stack into the security awareness. Like that's one example of, I think, actual honest to goodness innovation in security awareness training. But I think some of the other innovations, shy of saying, gee, people prefer to be entertained than bored. What's missing? What can they be doing? Where is that at? Where, where should it be at? We do this whether we're marketing for podcasts or books or whatever. We we have to meet people where they are, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's that's a great first step. You know, I think doing buzzy kind of things like short videos. You know, the, people are used to seeing those on Facebook or LinkedIn or what have you, and and that resonates, right? Uh, so good. I will say, I do think that I don't know that anybody's done numbers on this, but I I would venture to guess probably you know, between three and say 5% of security budgets go toward the human part of the equation. I think that needs to change. And, you know, I I don't necessarily think that it needs to just be any one thing. I think, again, if we want to meet people where they are, they're in a lot of different places and and we've got to go find them and and pursue all of those different channels. Cool, we here at SMU do a a quarterly newsletter and, and that's great. Lots of people read it. But, you know, not everybody does, right? You know, a cool video with a comedian might be great for, you know, a certain audience, maybe a younger audience or or if it's, you know, something kind of new and edgy, uh, but maybe my older, you know, faculty and and, and staff aren't going to really appreciate that. I think the future is in custom tailoring the security experience for every individual, not just their role, but where they come from, right? So maybe they've got a, a, a long experience in security. Okay, cool. Well, we need to to help them continue in their journey. But at every company along the way, right? They're 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 going to be starting over from scratch. Yeah. I also did a consulting gig for an insurance firm. They asked about security awareness training, and for their call center, th- those folks have an incredible am- amount of information at their fingertips. But the turnover is every six months, right? So right. your your approach to training someone in that kind of environment is going to be very different. Than someone that you can maybe expect to have a relationship for three, four, five years or or, or more. Um, how do you keep that experience fresh for them? Right. Um, again, I think it's about custom tailoring to the individual. 
And one of the reasons that I named the book Master the Nine Cybersecurity Habits to protect your future, uh, because I want to focus on what's in it for you. Right. Um, and, you know, so, okay, we want to protect your kids, you want to protect your organization, but if you're aspiring to be, you know, a VP in, in whatever field you're in, maybe you're in sales or maybe you're in accounting or, uh, you know, IT or, you know, or, or lots of other fields, right? I think security is going to be critical to any one of those. My thinking here is, you know, CEOs today are, are getting fired for not getting security right. Right. Um, that's going to flow downhill, right? So that next job that you, you're going out for, you're going to want to show. The successful candidates out there are going to be able to show um, that they've been involved in security. They understand it. They've participated in, in security projects. And I think that's great for us in security because, yeah. right, oh my gosh, I think people more and more should be willing to partner with us. And I think they will be if we can connect with them at a personal level. Right. I've got a mantra. I, I don't know how many times you've listened to the show. I've said this one on more than one episode, but you have to meet them where they live. You have to. And that's not just about training. That's about all of it. If you're talking to a, a, a group that that is routinely bouncing in and out of 100 different SaaS applications, let's say it's the marketing department or whatever, your security solution better not hamper the ability to hop in and out of a bunch of different SaaS solutions. Like like just basic stuff like yeah, that, like yeah. meet them where they live. And to your point with security awareness, I think I think that's a real challenge. I think I think just spamming the, uh, hey, look at us, we're the new form factor uh, ha ha ha, you know, hired an actor and now we're cute and funny and it's a two minute short. I, I don't even know, honestly, the efficacy, e even with the audience that resonates with how much efficacy is really there, how much retention is there. And to your point, you got somebody who's only here for six months anyway, you really want that in their brain day one. Uh, there's a lot of challenges. And then there's roles, right? There's, there's, you know, the people that already were, are focused on privacy. Okay. They've obviously got a dog in this hunt. We want them aligned with this better. Do we have some kind of message for them, security for people that already care about privacy and, you know, all those sorts of factors and facets. I think, so I, I, to me, it's, the industry is still shotgun blasting, you know, carpet bombing, whatever metaphor you want to use, security awareness training for the most part. And I love this tailoring idea. And, and I think that's part of what that tech stack piece is about is down to the individual level, you can say, oh, Timmy keeps clicking this kind of email. Let's send Timmy to don't click that kind of email training in specific, right? Exactly. You know, and so so that's that's one approach that that I think is working and happening. But but I still, I, I think we're light years. If if people are truly the only link, we're doing it wrong. We're just doing it wrong yeah, as an industry. Yeah. You know, and and I, I'm honestly that's that's actually the origin story of the nine habits is I, I wanted a way of measuring uh, the the effectiveness of security training. And and when I looked at what would that metric look like? It's, it's behavior change. And cool, what, how do I measure behavior change? I need, I need some categories, right? You know, it's not just one thing. There's lots of different types of behaviors. And, and so all of the nine habits, I think, align with ways of measuring security effectiveness for, for behavior change, right? So whether it's, you know, deception is, is the ninth habit, right? It's one of the more challenging habits to master because, well, people don't like lying. They don't feel comfortable with that, which I totally get. But we train them to lie on, you know, things like password challenge questions. We want you to give non-answer answers to those. And, you know, getting people comfortable with that idea, you know, fitting that into their lives. Well, yeah, it, it's it's a habit. It's behavior change. How do we measure that? Well, okay, let's 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 find a way through integrating with apps, with a smartphone mobile app with with nudges or prompts. Let's find ways of actually measuring the before and after as, as we work with our employees, right? Again, security awareness, you know, most 
places offer a quiz kind of thing after you take the test, mm-hmm. um, like 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 you mentioned before, and people are just like using common sense answers. But I mean, really, we're teaching to the test, right? So, so they can regurgitate a bunch of stuff, right? But if they're not actually changing their behaviors, if we're not measuring those outcomes, then what are we even doing here? It's the old, um, if you're not measuring it, how do you know you've improved it? Some people say if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. I, I disagree, but but you don't know how you improved it, and you can't tell anybody how you improved it. You, you have to be able to measure it to, to be able to know what the improvement really is or isn't. Our listeners are obviously hearing this audio only. I want to point out that over George's shoulder on his office wall is a picture of Voltron. I'm giving away my age when I know and recognize who Voltron is. And I guess for those a few years later, maybe Captain Planet is the metaphor. Voltron, you said, George, is the perfect metaphor for security. What is that about? I, I love Voltron. I'm a kid of the 80s. Also behind me is, you know, my my, my uh, uh, vintage toy Voltron. The millennials out there listening will appreciate that, you know, there is a new Netflix Voltron, which is awesome, by the way. So go, go check that out. But when you think about, you know, again, we talked about teams. Voltron, you know, is the undefeatable, you know, defender of the universe, but he's made up of a team, right? You know, he's he's five separate personalities coming together. And, and those personalities are wildly different, right? You know, they all have their own unique roles that they play within the Voltron experience or whatever. Right. Um, and, you know, even them, you know, they still have, uh, you know, their folks outside of the giant robot that help support them in support roles. So, yeah, in, in security, you know, we're a team, right? We come together, we help defend our organizations, our communities, you know, our families, right? I mean, it's a very... Uh, personal experience in security. And, and, oh my gosh, I mean, it, it, you know, it's almost like we're, we're, we are rock stars, right? Who do they come to when, you know, when, when the evil giant, uh, uh, mutant robots come to, to attack, right? They, you know, they want the security teams to come in and help them. And, you know, they, they look up to us in a way, right? So man, security is an awesome field to be in. It's almost like being a, a rock star, obviously without all the, you know, the touring and uh, other uh, things that go along with being a rock star. Um, <laughs> good you know, and bad. <laughs> uh, good and bad. You know, I mean, it's a phenomenal, you know, just career to be in. And think of like the difference that we can make in security. All of those things, you know, I, I don't know, I visualize because of, uh, of, of Voltron. And, and you know, man, if, if you can you know, have a, uh, you know, a saying, you know, what would Voltron do at this point? Like, right. You know, I mean, do? yeah, I like to joke in my organization, right? I need to make little bracelets um, that say, you know, what would George Finney do, right? You know, so in a way, I play that role for some of the folks around us. And again, you, you can tell measuring behavior change, right? You can tell when you're making a difference, when when people are are, are feeling it and they're like, okay, yeah, I want to come and ask questions of George. Right. Um, if they're avoiding you, right. um, you know, this is a problem. You're, you're not being Voltron at that point. Right, right, right. No, full agreement. They're either hiding from you, <laughs> what's going on, or they're openly asking when they don't know. Uh, and you obviously need the, the latter, not the former. So let's switch topics. I've got a question I ask every guest at the end of the show. What surprises you the most in cybersecurity? Security seems like such a mystical surprising thing. But really, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it, it's something that everybody wants to be a part of. I guess maybe it shouldn't be surprising, but I mean, everyone around me, like, oh my gosh, like you're in security. Every conversation I have, like with, you know, my wife's friends or you know, at the grocery store or whatever, oh wow, you work in cybersecurity. I was just hacked. My company, you know, was down for a week and we couldn't get into our email and they wouldn't tell us, you know, but we think it was ransomware or, I mean, whatever the story is. Yeah. 
I mean, it really does impact everyone today. Um, and I, I think, you know, we, we get a little desensitized to it, maybe because we're in the industry. Um, you know, we get a little desensitized to it because it's in the media so much today. But wow, I mean, it really does impact, you know, everyone in the, in the world right now. And, you know, again, I, I really do believe we, we can make a difference reinforcing how important it is. Probably our own egos drive that a little bit. But wow, yeah, it really does matter to people. And, and I think we have an opportunity to connect with them because of that uh, and, 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 you know, build those relationships, build those bridges to help make everyone's lives that much better. I love that answer. That's fantastic. Well, George Finney, Chief Security Officer at SMU, thank you so much for coming on down to the ranch. Thank you, listeners. Y'all be good now. <laughs> <laughs>